the Men of Action podcast, where we bring on men who fell zero until they recognized they had a hero inside them, who took responsibility and accountability for life to transform it to the most optimal level, to be a man of quality, a warrior king, and a most important man of action. Today, I got Adam Kitchens, who's strong man competition, great father, I believe three, and just a guy who's golly and just on fire for the Lord. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited to kind of see your mission play out with this, too. So uh, glad I can be in on this early. Yeah, it's uh, about 8 a.m. here. I know it's about 7 there. So early bird gets the worm, especially with the strong, strongman competition. So, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a husband and a father of three boys, uh, ages 6, 4, and 2. Um I would say recently this past year in June, I quit my nine to five to pursue coaching and personal training full time. Uh, with that, I'm also working part time at the gym that I do training at. So I get a little couple extra hours there, which is the extra income, which is always nice, too. Um, and yeah, the biggest thing is just uh, I want to help coach men and help them be better fathers. Um, obviously, that's something in our day of age. Fatherhood's kind of a big deal um, if you have it. And if you don't have it, it's also a big deal. I know there's tons of st statistics out there um, that you can look up with fatherless homes mm -hmm. um, leading to more suicides, obviously more incarceration rates and things along those lines. So um, I just want to help people kind of do what I did, where they find find themselves in a situation. Um, we were planning on having kids, but even after we had the first kid, I definitely would say I was not the best father or kind of just stuck in uh i would just want to say like stuck in that cycle of just being like a normal person yeah. where like go to work come home just kind of sit in front of the tv not really chasing any goals or chasing after anything so just kind of being stagnant almost um and then just one day kind of a, a switch flipped for me and i just started chasing things and now it's led me to where i'm at today you know three kids beautiful wife uh, my relationship with God has grown so much since that first, since having that first child, just wanting to know him better, know him more. Um, and I think that's a big part of why I am where I'm at today. So what was that kind of click for you? Like, was it during his first year of life or like what happened for that kind of click to happen where you're like, I need to do something. I can't just be coming home from work and then sitting from the TV, which Unfortunately, that's like one of the biggest things you hear about, especially, you know, you become a father, you kind of, you're known as the guy who goes in front of the TV and falls asleep. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I would say it was almost, there was a click, but I don't, like, it didn't happen all at once. I'll say right. that. Um, I know shortly after he was born, kind of around that time frame, I was already working out and doing things like that, kind of on and off. Um, but then I think that's when I started to be more consistent with it. Um, and then same thing, like with my wife, um, both of us kind of like, we noticed our nutrition wasn't the greatest. Okay. Um, so this has been within our oldest son's first year life. We noticed like our nutrition wasn't great. We weren't really planning ahead with our meals. So like we'd get stuck in that trap of you come home. Hey babe, what's for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? Uh, I don't know. What do you want? And then you just, you get that back and forth and then nobody really wants to make that decision. And then by the time you make a decision, you're just like, well, I'm just so hungry right now. Like, you just want to run and grab some fast food or something. And, you know, it's just like that cycle over and over. Um, so then we just, at that point, we started being more intentional with our food. Um, we would just start planning out our suppers, 
you know, lunches we still wouldn't plan out, but like suppers, even if we just had a plan, like, Hey, this day we're going to have this, this day we're having Mm -hmm. this. And then it just helped us mentally prepare. And also like, you know, food wise with like beef, you know, we have a bunch in the freezer. So we had to pull it out to thaw it out ahead of time to make sure it's ready to cook and stuff like that. So that was the biggest start. And then I would say, and like I said, I was still working out at that time. So I had that aspect of it. Um, but then between that and then like the next couple years is where like mentally my mind started changing and wanting to chase other goals. And, and then with that came like, okay, like let's get rid of the TV. Like that's just a complete waste of time. So mm-hmm. we didn't fully get rid of it. We moved it into our basement. So we still had it, but we got rid of like cable and stuff. So we just have like Netflix or like a streaming service, but you know, where it's not just right there when you come home, it's not the centerpiece of conversation when you're in the living room. Um, and that's one thing I like today. Like my wife and I both just our living room is just, there's no TV. So when people come oh. over, it's not like you can just sit down and throw the game on and just kind of zone out. It's, it creates time for intentional conversation. So you basically did what you people, you hear all the time about doing with the phone and that they're set their own alarm clock and had the phone on the opposite side of the room. Yep. Really get up and not hit the snooze. So yeah. that we kind of stopped hitting the snooze on your life and putting the TV downstairs. We had to be like a little bit more, you know, to have a little bit more forethought to go watch it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of, for me too, when I do that, you know, you go into the basement, it's almost like you're leaving your family upstairs and leaving them behind and just kind of having that extra, that extra mental kind of just like, Oh, am I really going to go spend all this time downstairs by myself when they're going to be up here, just hanging out, having fun. So it creates that extra barrier. That's a lot of intentionality to really even have that kind of mindset. Like, do I want to leave my family? Yeah. As you kind of alluded earlier, it's you recognize there's a lot of fatherless homes. Yeah. And unfortunately, I know it just continues to grow and grow where people are having kids out of wedlock now and at growing rates. And a lot of people don't know how to be a father. I hear that all the time. Like, I didn't have a father or struggling with someone who was adopted and not really knowing their parents and having to go through all of that. Yeah. It's really interesting you say that. Um, so I know my wife, she's a, she's a doula. So she essentially assists people like during birth. Uh, she doesn't mm-hmm. actually like deliver the babies. Um, but then she does postpartum doula work where she goes over to their houses and just, she serves them however they need, whether it's like cleaning up the house or wow. holding, holding the baby so they can take a shower. Um, but I know she said she's had a couple clients where, um, like you said, like had a baby out of marriage and then the dad from her conversations with mom, like her dad doesn't really have like that father figure. So he doesn't quite know like how to be a dad and just kind of the whole situation's a little different where it's like, okay, like, yeah, there are people out there that don't necessarily have that background. So then they mm-hmm. themselves don't know, they don't know how to act and um, respond in those situations with a new baby and how to, you know, support the mom the best they can. So there's also, there's definitely like a need to get out there to help people that don't have that father figure in their life. Yeah. Have you seen that a lot with coaching with your clients, like a lot of fatherless? Um, I haven't had too many clients yet Okay. Um, in that realm. Most of my clients have just been in person so far. So it's just been more of the physical aspect of it. Um, but I'm thinking as far as like the, the online stuff goes once that coaching becomes more prominent um it wouldn't be surprised to see that a lot okay and like are you how are you kind of preparing yourself to work with someone who has so much 
struggles in their life, especially with never knowing how to be a father or even how one becomes a father if you didn't have that example growing up. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with that is I'll just, you know, being able to listen to their concerns and where they need the help and assessing it from there, um, whether it's just making them aware. Because mm-hmm. um, that's probably, I think that's the biggest thing that it comes to when it comes to changing or wanting to be better in certain areas is just, first of all, becoming aware of what you are or aren't doing. Um, and then just kind of attacking that with action, right? I know we talk about being mm-hmm. a man of action and things like that. That's exactly that's how we uh, that's how we get solutions. Okay, so kind of like what you, so really focusing on like taking steps because I know sometimes guys can be sometimes with a lot of bark but no bite. We have a lot of words and a lot of ambitions that we want to do, but there's just whether it be a fear, fear of failure, fear of success, nervousness, just to go take that first step out there. Yeah. I think that might be one of the biggest fears too, is, you know, like it's weird until you're a dad and like you see other people doing it, but you don't think, you don't think it's normal to like sit there and play with your daughter and like put on a dress or wear makeup mm-hmm. or let her paint your nails. But like, now that I'm a dad, I see people doing that all over the place. Like I see it all over my timeline. I see it all over Instagram and I don't have any girls yet, but I know that if I did, I would be doing the same thing, but I can see like that initial fear with, you know, and not just that, like there's other things too, but you know, that fear of just like essentially letting down your guard as a guy and not having to be mm-hmm. like the tough man or, you know, the macho guy, like fatherhood's not all about just being the provider. Like you want to be intentional with your kids. You want to spend that time with them, even with your wife too. Right. Instead right. of sitting there arguing with her, like let your guard down quit trying to fix her and and listen right like that's such a huge thing with relationships with women is you know they just want to be heard most of the time have you ever watched the youtube video it has like well over a million views it's called it's not about the nail i don't think so all right i so i work with a lot of when i when i work with my clients i always show them that video whenever they're talking about relationship challenges i always show them it's not about the nail so you have this female who has literally a nail in her head and she's like, you know, all my sweater just snagged, like nothing fits anymore. I can't sleep. And the guy's like, um, you know, I think if we just got the nail, stop, stop trying to fix it. And then eventually the guy's like, the most unempathetic way you could say it literally was just like, I'm really sorry. That sounds tough. Like something that doesn't sound real. If I think about it, she's just like, you know what? Thank you so much. Like, yes, it is so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Just there's so many times where, and I have to check myself. I think it was just the other week. My wife said something and I gave my response. She's like, she's like, I just want you to listen. I'm like, okay, sorry. Got it. Start over. <laughs> you got, you got the famous, you get to try again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. She luckily she, she's got enough. Uh, she likes to give me a lot of grace and, and give me that. So usually I get a second chance if I forget to ask beforehand. Well, it's, it's so funny though, that people try to fix each other, you know, versus the, taking the first step of listening. So there'd be so many times where it's like, you know, the woman is trying to fix the man and man just wants everything to be fixed and solved and no problems. And it's just like relationships aren't like that. It's really taking time to, to communicate, it's taking time to listen. And most people about 95% of the time, they just want to be listened to. Yeah. And I like how your wife kind of was intentional. Like, I just want you to listen because I tell a lot of my female clients, you know, t- 
tell them, tell the guy what to do. Guys are pretty straightforward. You know, they, they're not, not mind readers. People are not mind readers. They can't tell when you're upset. They can't tell when you're angry. I mean, yes, there's physical signs that you can tell, but they don't know what's causing you to feel upset. So just be truthful and honest. Like, hey, I just want you to listen. Then the guy's going to be like, okay, cool. Just got to sit here, listen to you, validate you. And my life will get 10 times easier. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I like how you put that, how men are like straightforward. And I've told my wife that with a couple of things, sometimes she gets overwhelmed with some of the work at, you know, whether it's dishes or laundry or garbage, mm-hmm. like, it's like, if you need something as like, just straight up, tell me to do it and I'll do it. Like, I just, I don't, if you just try and like leave hints, like probably not going to see them. And right. maybe like, I need to be more present to do that, but I'm pretty straightforward. If you just tell me you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm just going to, in my mind, it's just like, oh, she needs help with that. I need to do this. Got it. I'll get it done. And do you do it like right then and there? Yep, usually. See, you're, you're a step ahead because most people be like, okay, I'll do that in a second. And then they'll either go mow the lawn, go in the garage and fix something, or they'll do something else versus just getting and fixing it like, or doing the task right. like right then and there. Yep. There's actually a really good book that really put that in perspective. It's called, I want to say it's The Superior Man by David Deida. I think that's how you say his name. But he gives this example where um, there's this obviously female, more feminine, obviously masculine male. And she asks him to basically do the dishes. And the guy's like, basically does everything but do the dishes right then and there. Like, well, well, he should. I mean, it only takes a few minutes to do the dishes. And she got upset and now he's saying like, all you do is nag, nag, nag. And you know, I told you I was gonna do it. I'm so sorry, I forgot, I'll do it right then. And it's just like, I'm not your mom, like I'm your wife. And the whole purpose of it, and I and I always ask men, it's like, is the wife upset about the dishes? And sadly, this is how you know we need to do a better job as men, but when you were dating, marriage and just in relationships in general, is the fact to really follow through on it. Because the problem was when I ask about 70% of them wrong, they're saying, yeah, she's mad about the dishes. Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 you didn't follow through. If she can't trust you in the small task, how can she trust you in the bigger task? Now she has become like a mom and like tell you to do your laundry, do the dishes and versus being a partner. And I, you know, part of that is needing a little bit more responsibility. And I also understand like females, like they're, you know, whether you're more of a, even if you're more of a feminine guy, kind of guy, you're a little bit more emotional and there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to understand that when the task is assigned, it's going to be, have a little bit more emotion to it. There's going to be a deeper meaning. It's, it's like iceberg. Like she might be mad at on the surface of you, they didn't do the dishes in this, in that example, but on the bottom level, it's like, again, you didn't keep your word. Are you trustworthy? Why do, why do I have to get to the point of even having to nag? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's almost, they, they take it personal. Like when it's, you know, like that hurt me. Um, right. And yeah, we've been through some things like that too. Maybe not with something as simple as the dishes, but we're just like, sure. like, you know, I was kind of like expecting you to do this and hoping you're going to do that. And it's just like, okay. Yep. And then it's, that's one of those times where you kind of just tuck your tail and you just apologize and then you learn from it and, and, try not to make that mistake moving forward yeah that's that's so that's so important to do and also there's a there's actually a really cool video of a 
I see this all the time on, I think it's Mulligan Brothers. And they had this episode, um, I saw it on Instagram, where it was like a monk saying, like, what is a mistake? I don't know if you've seen that, but basically it's like, you know, learning to correct something is not the mistake. What the mistake is, is when you continue to repeat it and having an unwillingness to change, to make the necessary adjustments to something. Yeah. He goes, that's where the true mistake is. Because if you have never been in a relationship before or you're in a first time marriage, there's so much that you're going to have to learn about the person, different personalities, different habits, and how you guys grew up. Because obviously how your wife grew up and I'm sure how you grew up are some similarities, but I'm sure there's a lot of differences though too. Yeah, that's for sure. I, that kind of reminds us, reminds me of a time like early on in our marriage. So um, obviously like we didn't live with each other until after we got married, mm-hmm. but then like there's always those learning curves. There's always... Um, I want to say what we kind of talked about is like almost expectations, mm-hmm. um, you know, because at that point, and then it comes down to communication of those expectations. Like, you know, what was she expecting me to do as the man of the house? What was I expecting her to do as the woman of the house? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just simple things like that where things kind of go just like left undone. And then like, I'm expecting her to do it. She's expecting me to do it. And then there's no communication. And then we're both kind of looking at each other like, well, I thought you were doing that. I thought you were doing that. And so, and you know, that can be as simple as something like taking out the garbage, like, Mm. or it can be something as big as, you know, like taking care of the cars, taking care of the yard, you know, and it it grows from there too, right? Like bills, money, like all the, you know, there's so many things where depending on how you grew, and as you said, like how you grew up, like, you know, growing up, like my dad took care of all the yard work you know, things, you know, like, what am I expecting in that a sense? And then what is she expecting? What does she grow up with? Cause that's most likely what she's going to expect coming right. into it. But until you really sit down and have that intentional conversation with those expectations or even, you know, setting, maybe not, I don't, I don't like to say setting expectations. Cause that's kind of, I don't like the way it puts like a, you right. have to do this kind of thing, but, you know, just having that conversation of like, all right, in most instances, I'll do this, but you know, if I need your help, I'll let you know. Um, and that was one thing we did probably, let's say like a year or two in our marriage where it was like, okay, where, where are we, you know, instead of having a fight, it's just like, okay, I was expecting you to do this. Why was I expecting you to do that? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do moving forward? So that to, you know, to remedy whatever issue it was. And how long have you been married? Cause I know you have a six year old. So, yep. So we've been married. Oh, don't put me on the spot. Seven years. <laughs> oh, it's all right. You gotta, you gotta always yeah. have some type of sign where you're gonna just, have that. Like no, just over point. seven years. Luckily, I'm good at math, so that helps. <laughs> I know what year I got married, so do some quick math. See, I thought you were gonna take the route of how old your kid is and just add how oh. many years. <laughs> I tried doing that, but then I just went with the other one. It was easier. <laughs> that's also easier too. Yeah. But you're younger. No, that's awesome. Seven years. That's a that's a good amount of time to really have that much intention behind it yeah and like i said like it kind of took place over time like after those first few years and just um you know i would say man what was it probably 2020 is where i really really dove into more of like the leadership and being the father of my home and kind of taking more responsibility in that i know like with the tv and stuff that's been probably like four or five years so that was pretty early on but Mm -hmm. um slowly just kind of more things come 
and coming along and you know gaining being more intentional with the kids and with my wife was there was it because of the pandemic when everyone was kind of inside and um i think it was was that step step up especially now if you're already taking steps to remove the tv yeah so covid definitely affected kind of where where how i've got to where i'm at and i think I forget when I started, but I started working with Zach Hommel in 2019. And when I first started working with him, it was just like on a personal training aspect, right? Like he was just doing all my, my training programming. Uh, we were just working on getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And then kind of throughout COVID, uh, having a few weeks off of work, getting to stay home more. Um, that's when kind of like, I've really started to use Twitter in a different manner where before I was just using it for sports and comedy and, you know, just the random stuff. Right. And I'd had it forever, but essentially I barely tweeted unless it was about sports. And then otherwise I'm just scrolling and consuming everything. Um, But for some, something clicked. I don't know if it was because I was home more. So I just had more intention to like go through Twitter. And then I just started kind of following i was already following zach for a while but i just started kind of following more people he was following mm-hmm. and almost just like fell into that community and then that's when it first clicked in my mind like hey i could make money by doing training online i was like okay didn't really think anything of it right away wasn't like as soon as i heard that it wasn't like plans like oh i need to quit my job and do this right it was just kind of like oh that's a possibility i didn't even think about think about that or imagine that um and then so throughout that throughout the COVID year just kind of was more intentional with Twitter and then I was still working with Zach as maybe it was 2020 I started working with him for training somewhere in 2019 2020 okay but for sure like I'd been following on Twitter forever and then kind of at the end of 2020 going into 2021 just I think being in that community and seeing what other people had and seeing all that it wanted me to level up mm-hmm. even more. So then 2021, beginning of 2021, I started working with Zach again, but this time it was more like a one-on-one mentorship program. Okay. Um, and so that's where I, I would say I've definitely grew a lot as a leader, um, you know, outside of the home and inside the home. Nice. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about this program. Yeah. It's yeah. Life-changing. Like I, it was, like we, you know, one of the big things he talks about is values. So we set values and just, it kind of helps give you that direction and it helps you live a meaningful life towards, you know, chasing those values. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, what were you doing for your day job? Uh, so I was working at a recreation center okay. as a, just a facility director. Uh, I don't know. Facility director is what I ended with. There was whatever assistant director stuff like that all on the way up to that position um but essentially just helping oversee uh we have a large facility um like four basketball courts weight room tennis courts Uh water park so it's a very large building um and i gotta help essentially run it so that was that's awesome and you just made that so how'd you know that you wanted to go really that coach now versus you know maybe you know, still doing that job, but maybe taking on like maybe a handful of clients versus maybe let's say like three versus 10. Yeah. So once I was, I was working there and then um, that work actually allowed me to get my personal training certificate. Like they paid mm-hmm. for, 
they paid for it. I just had to, you know, work as a personal trainer in the building for six months or a year or something. <coughs> Excuse me. So they paid for that. So my full-time job, I was doing that. And then for part-time, I was personal training people at the gym there. Um, and, you know, just kind of had to play with my time. So I started off, you know, when you first start, it's pretty slow, but then built up. Mm-hmm. So I would always consistently have anywhere from like three to eight clients. Okay. It got to be quite a bit. It was a lot of time, um, but it wasn't something that, you know, lasted forever. People always come and go. I would say I was consistently always around like four to five. And that ended up being a good number because, you know, four to five people, they're usually coming two to three days a week. So it's an extra like eight to 10 hours. Okay. I see what you're saying. Versus like once a week, if they went and they wanted you to train them for a couple of times a week. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So usually like an extra eight, 10 hours a week of kind of doing that training and like that just slowly kind of built up and more and more over time. And then working with Zach, like I said, like <laughs> realizing that that other thing was a possibility. It was like, oh, okay. So then that's when I started being intentional, more intentional with my Twitter and, you know, trying to work on actually specific content geared towards fitness, nutrition, stuff like that. And then, yeah, I mean, you post a lot and you post a lot of good content, you know, around like you've been doing, like, I know right now it's been mostly focused on a strongman competition, really trying to, yeah, before the podcast, you know, that's coming up in two weeks. So, yep. Yeah, so I just try to, and that's one thing Zach taught me, just, you know, and I've heard Ty Romper say this before too, where it's just live a cool life and share it. Um, yeah. And that's that's something that I kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I don't think my life's that cool, but, you know, from an outsider looking in, I always post something like, oh, that's so cool. And to me, it's just kind of normal, but then everyone else sees it as, you know, it's different. It's different from what they're used to. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll start sharing more and it seems to work. Yeah, and it's that's what that's what that's what makes social media so interesting. Because you can look at your life as you know, this is what I've been doing for the last seven years, married to a wife. We argued, fought, but we also made up and continue our time in a relationship where an outsider's like, I wish I had a wife like that. I wish I had a wife who respected me where we can sit down and have a conversation without her trying to fix me or that's not, or if I describe something, that's not how I'm feeling. Like there, there's something deeper, you know, cause she might think there's something deeper and it goes, no, I'm just upset about this. And she's like, no, 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 you're not upset about that. And then it gets into, well, don't tell me how to feel. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. It's, it's, um, I'm definitely blessed with what I have, but yeah, also like, I want to share that with other people. Like I said, like when we first started, it wasn't, wasn't just perfect didn't just work out like this like there was lots of time of intentional conversation and and working together to kind of figure out what works for us and and how to go from there and i think i'm just gonna throw this in here it kind of just came to me um i think one thing that's really helped us especially over the last few years is setting goals for yourselves as a couple but then setting goals for your family okay nice because then right so as a as a marriage marriage like you're a team your partners, your team, you want to be working towards the same goals. If you don't sit down and, you know, discuss those goals with each other, I might be going one way, she might be going the other, and then we're going to get stuck in the middle doing nothing. Um, so that's one thing, you know, and like I said, not just for ourselves, but for our family, like we've got goals of where we want to be. You know, we kind of have like a five-year goal plan, but like we're not, obviously stuff happens, right? So we're willing right. to pivot and, and change things, but, you know, like long-term, we want to be working 
from home doing things on our own and be able to travel with our kids. Uh, my wife homeschools homeschools our boys, so like we're not tied down to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, once I get kind of the online up and going a little bit more and make it that to a point where it's sustainable, it's like all right, we want to travel and show the boys kind of the country and just get them out and get in those experiences. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're hearing about a lot about that more now is homeschooling. And I can't really honestly fathom homeschooling. I don't have any kids myself, but just the fact of like how much there is to learn. Because I used to work in a school and there's a lot to learn between math, science, and grammar. I mean, yeah. History, and it's a lot. Yeah. So like my wife, she was homeschooled growing up. So that it was oh. and this was this was one of those discussions we had before we even got married. So this okay. was this was before COVID and everything happened, right? So seven eight years ago, that was like, that was one of the conversations we had before we had married, got married. Was uh, she wanted to homeschool our kids and she wanted to be a stay at home mom. Um, so like we even had those goals essentially before we were married, right? Like her being a stay at home mom, that was new to us. Like we're both we went from you know both working separately, and then okay now we're working together. We've got this combined income. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're having a baby. Now, how do we go from having two incomes back down to one? But like that right. was a goal that we were intentional with. So, you know, it started with after we found out she was pregnant, like we sold one of our cars. We went down to one vehicle. Wow. Um, you know, so like like I said, like having those goals, it, it really it really helps you focus on that task at hand and kind of where you want to take your your family and your relationship. Wow, that's that's incredible. So many people set goals, but they don't necessarily follow through on them and to make that kind of sacrifice going from two cars to one car, especially when you have to go to work and it's like, you know, it's yeah. three boys. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, since then we've gotten fortunate um, work, let me use a vehicle for a while. Oh, and okay. then they ended up selling the vehicle to me for like 500 bucks. So it, I couldn't turn it down. It's like, yeah, I'll pay you 500 bucks to have an extra car. It's just one that's going to get around town. It's nothing fancy. It's just a small little, small little vibe but um but yeah but i mean even just being intentional with stuff like that like i said we had those goals before we were married to kind of make those things happen and i think having those goals and talking about them beforehand is why we were able to do it and do it so it wasn't like completely stressful and you know we're just sitting there grinding by our teeth going paycheck to paycheck it's like no we had a plan we were able to execute it and and, you know, have enough money to save up or cut down on expenses in certain areas that allow us to to live this lifestyle. Yeah, well, especially when you cut down on cable, because cable is not cheap. Yeah, right. It's at least 100 bucks a month over here. At least, uh, yeah, so that way you're saving 1200 a year. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that 1200 I mean, that adds up. Yeah. So do you guys, like, uh, review, like, any of your goals, like, weekly, bi-weekly, or um as far as the goals we try to yeah we try to do once a month (laughs) so usually when it comes to like our budget and stuff we we talk about that a little bit more because that's something we we found out that we need to to be better on ourselves about so we have that accountability so that we usually meet every other week essentially sometimes Mm -hmm. we try and do it every week but just kind of depends when paychecks fall um but yeah, so, but otherwise our regular goal is like once a month, just we make it a part of our budget meeting at the end and just kind of discuss where we're at and how we're looking and if we need to change how we're doing anything to get there. I love it. That's awesome. That's, you guys really come together. Yeah, you have a blessed marriage, man. Yeah. Like, guys, how much, like I'm hearing about how much you guys come together 
and just really relate to one another and to even review a budget. I mean, a lot of times you hear about one person does budget and be like, okay, we can only spend this much. And sure, there might be one person better math than the other, but to really still sit down and figure out where's every dollar being spent. Yep. Yeah. And that was something, you know, same thing we talked about that too. It was uh, maybe early on, we kind of like let it go for a little bit, but then lately we've been more intentional, especially like trying to leave my job, trying to leave right. my nine to five. And, you know, it's, you sit down and look at the numbers to make sure it's possible, but like I said, it's not just me. Right. So we, um, she likes to be involved in that. Um, and, you know, we make the decisions together. I think that's the foundation of any marriage that really needs to be focused is how you guys complement each other. Like use your both your strengths to bring out the best outcome. And I think too many people try to, and not just in marriage, but it seems like everyone's like trying to compete these days. Like, but there doesn't need to be a competition. Yeah. Like, one of the major ones I know I tweeted about this the other day is like, who's had it worse in life? You know, was it this group, this yeah. person? Like, why are we trying to compare? We, you hear that famous quote that comparison is the thief of joy. So when you're always trying to like either compete against each other, like, no, I had it worse, or you don't understand me, and this, this, and that, it's like you're missing the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Like, people, it's it's something I've done really well at trying to get rid of. Um, sometimes, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, we're human, so we fall back on that. But it's, uh, yeah, I like to just kind of, like, live my life. And, and like, you compare, but, like, what does that actually do for you? It doesn't, it's not going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. I mean, it, it's right. probably going to hurt you, actually, right? Like, because it's the yeah. thief of joy, right? You're sitting there comparing right. yourself and, you know, you're sitting there like, oh, I don't have that. And then you just kind of wallow in some self-pity and like all right what good is that actually doing you like if you want it go work for it and that's sometimes where i like to use it too is i'll compare myself to somebody who's in the same space as me and i'll like you know try and look and be like okay this is where they're at like they have this many clients and then it's like well shit what are they what are they doing that i'm not doing and what do right. i need to be doing differently right if you're going to use it as that absolutely like sit oh, there sure. and sit there and use it as a tool to where you can just be like okay they're doing better than me, but what are they doing that I'm not? Or what do I need to, what do I need to be doing to better myself? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what, and that's, you know, that's a little bit different when you get into more of that friendly competition, because that's how companies and people grow. It's like, okay, this person, you know, just obtained five new clients or will go followers. They just gained 200 new followers. Okay. What did they do? How did they form their tweet? Um, how many tweets do they have? Because if you have 200 tweets and you're comparing yourself to someone who has, uh, you know, 58,000 tweets, a little, little difference there. Yep, definitely. Definitely game changer. So, and I, I love that too, because I mean, I do that quite a bit. It's, it's like, okay, how are they telling their message? How are they telling their story? You know, yeah, why are they forming anything on it? And if you yeah. focus on that, just like in your marriage, if someone's looking at you and wants some fatherhood advice, what about you? Are you showing on your Twitter, your Instagram that shows that you're a good father? Yeah. And that's going outside with your kids, hanging out with your kids. You know, that's spending time. And obviously, we don't see everything. We just see portions of your life. Yeah. But it's like, just, see, just even your book, you can tell there's a lot of happiness. You know what? I think it's what the five best ways to be a father or yeah five ways to be a better dad okay yep yeah so it's kind of one of those things that's yeah 
it's just, you know, how can you better yourself? And I think like that comes back to that conversation we had earlier, which is that awareness and just, (coughs) excuse me, like I told you, like working with Zach Homo, like that was early on with the leadership thing um, and the mentorship is that was something he kind of like, he kind of brought to me, like, he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, you're killing it in a bunch of areas of your life. And you're just, you're just ignoring that. Like you just kind of put it to the side. It's like, you need to recognize like, Hey, you're doing great in these areas. So don't just dismiss that. Like that's, so don't just dismiss the good you're doing. Don't just sit there and focus on like, man, I suck at this. Like right. it's, it's, you know, praise yourself for the things you've done. Use that as an example and be like, okay, like, yeah, I can get better. And then just find the areas that, that might need to be worked on, whether it's spending more time with your kids or whether it's putting your phone down when you're playing with your kids. Like right. I'll say that's something I'm still not hundred percent great at, but like you said, if, if you just put that phone in the other room out of sight, out of mind, and now all your attention and focus is right in front of you. Yeah. And especially with, I remember it was like 10 years ago, it was weird to see someone with their phone out at dinner. That just was not a thing. Like even when you, especially when you went out to a restaurant. Yeah. And then probably like a couple years after that incident, I remember just, and I'll never forget this. I might be in an airport, my parents and, you know, we're traveling. And we went to, I think it was like a champs inside like a airport and just across was this family and they were on their phones from the time we entered to the time we left. And I don't think they even spoke a word to each other. Like I wasn't watching them, but I was just like, huh, I don't, I don't think they said anything that because they're all just like, literally just, they're all like this. Yeah. And it's just like. Oh man. Whew. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how it's kind of just taken over society. Um, yeah, because like you see that so much more now, you know, whether it's that, whether it's, you know, even like at family gatherings sometimes, like I'll just like every once in a while I'll step back and like I'm a part of it too. So I'm not going to say yeah. I don't do it. But like if you just come out from like the kitchen into the living room, all of a sudden like four out of the five people are just sitting there with their phone out and you're like, okay and they're talking right. and they're probably talking to each other yeah. too i mean that's the best that's the weird part is like a lot of them will be communicating to each other yeah yeah it's definitely yeah it's definitely been an issue um but we've uh so with with our our house rules is we have no phones at the dinner table nice so legit even like when her parents or her mom comes over um she starts to pull out her phone and be like eh, not at the table just you know you got to set one thing you got to set those boundaries obviously with with other people but then at the same time it's like yeah like i don't want that like if you're going to be at my house we're eating together like let's let's be intentional with each other and not just pull out our phone and get distracted well i need to an in-law no that's yep and that's quite brave yeah and that's one of those things too like me and her have a great relationship so i'm I'm happy for that like we've we've always got along and and she respects me and you know when i when i ask her to do something or especially if it's a rule like that um it's just creating that, you know, that, those relationships, but also kind of setting the boundaries as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to say, like, it's, you know, when you sit there and you think about it, you say like, you know, like my house, my rules, and some people might look right. at you kind of weird, but like, you know, at the same time, like, yeah, that's how it is. Like, I'm going to be the leader of my house. Like, I don't want you just sitting on your phone when you're literally ignoring your grandchildren next to you or me, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, these are our rules. These are our boundaries. If you want to sit with us at our table, no phones and hopefully you can last without it obviously if you get an important phone call you can take it but you know take it away from the table right 
and that's yeah. what people would typically do anyways whenever they get a phone call and they knew it was important they'd be like you know just like going to the bathroom hey excuse me i'm just gonna go take this i'll be back in like a couple of minutes yep and that's something that's kind of gotten lost now yeah yeah people it's it's almost like they think because they're not on a phone call that they can just sit there and pull it out and you know they still think it's fine and society has almost made it that way where it's you know if you just sat there and took a phone call at the table like how disrespectful is that to everybody else but yet then people think they can sit there and just play on you know play whatever game or scroll through facebook and twitter Mm -hmm. and think it's not disrespectful so (laughs) it's it's wild well you definitely have a lot of knowledge and definitely a lot of wisdom so i'm sure you definitely can see your clients getting a lot of benefit out of you just like how much just how much like forethought thinking you have of and doing everything, not just with a forethought, but with intentionality and having a reason for it. Because that's what we talk all about on our space is having a why for like, why do we do this? And understanding that a why is just you explaining it. It's not justifying it. It's just explaining this is what we do and here's why. Yeah. And that's what kind of gets lost and translationalized. It's like, well, why do you, why do we do this? Well, we do this because of this and that always challenging authority sometimes it's just clarifying what we do or why we do it especially little kids they ask a thousand questions <laughs> absolutely they do and that's that'll make you rethink everything too you oh just yeah get a bajillion but you know sometimes in a good ways right like they ask you you do something well why do you do that and then you just give them you give them like the generic answer but then they keep asking why and you know that's something we need we should be doing anyways like with, mm-hmm. even if you don't have kids if you're yeah. sitting there and you do something and you're not quite sure, you know, ask yourself why you do it. And then don't just settle for that first answer because it's usually pretty generic. Yeah. Dive a little deeper. Um, that's one thing I've learned, like, with my coaching as far as, like, nutrition and, and health. Like, you ask someone, like, well, why do you want to lose the weight? Or, like, what do you want to do? I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, why? I don't know. Like, I just – because I want to look better. Okay, well, why do you want to look better? Like, right. you know, like, what what importance does that have to you? And you try and – you ask those questions why, and then you find out your why you mm-hmm. find out your why. And then you use that why as your motivation on the days you don't feel like going to the gym, you know? Right. And sometimes that why can lead of, you know, just reading a couple of things. you like, you know, it's going back to like the losing weight. It's like, well, why? Okay. Well, I want to fit into this pair of jeans. Well, why do you want to fit into that pair of jeans? Well, it's what I wore in high school and you know, that was a good time. And then, you know, emotions usually play a big part in that. And you oh, know, that's, that's, that's where you kind of just, dive deep and then sometimes those emotions good or bad like okay like all right that's it's great that you want to do that because of that but like maybe you need to resolve that issue from the past and maybe you need to seek counseling to do that and that'll help you that'll help you with all these other things you know you kind of have to take those emotions and handle them in a proper way or be able to express them to somebody who can help you and go from there yeah and sometimes people do need help because there's something in their past that's blocking them from moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, I think one of the most also important things to do too is let your wife, when you know you're not okay, whether mentally, physically, or, or what have you. Because I was, I can't remember what I was watching, but well, I think it was Hell Elrod. Uh, he's an author of like the Miracle Morning, like how to become a morning person, that kind of stuff. And I guess he was doing like an interview and he talked one day about, you had this guy who was beyond successful do like countless podcasts in a year would write like four books in a year, completely successful. 
he couldn't tell his wife that he was struggling with suicidal thoughts because hmm. he was feeling inferior he was feeling inadequate and obviously to us we're like how you do you want all these podcasts you've written four books you're yeah. beyond successful if you compare yourself to the average american because you're driven and all this stuff and it's just like so that's why we got to give grace to a lot of people who are struggling and knowing it's okay to seek out help and it all begins with being honest with your spouse or significant other or partner or what have you yeah yeah that's uh yeah it just kind of reminds me of some things like with me and my wife nothing like i would say that's going to be like on that end of the spectrum but some days i'll come home from work and depending on how the day's been for her um she also watches <coughs> um our, her niece and nephew during the day and, you know, okay. sometimes I'll get home from work and as soon as I walk in the door, she hands me something or just goes like dinner's on, you know, dinner's on the table. They're eating now. Like I need a break. Okay. Like no questions asked. Right. I don't, I don't even say like how long it's just like, okay, take a break. Let me just, yeah. Come back. And, and, and then usually she'll either, you know, take the car and go for a drive or she'll come into the basement and just kind of have a little safe space and just kind of chill. But you know, it's, something like that's it's very important to have when you need that you know whether it's well, especially with her watching five kids right yep yeah with her watching five kids and you know kind of being the only adult in the house for the day and then coming home just like sometimes you just need that time to be alone and either breathe or just rest either yeah. way yeah because that's i mean that's a full-time job not just homeschooling but also babies you know really babysitting yeah and watching kids i mean that's something like with a lot of homeschoolers, I know they kind of get a bad rep of that the kids are just going to do nothing. And that's honestly not true. Yeah. I mean, does that happen? I mean, I did work in the school. So did you kind of have an idea of who might do things and not things? Sure. But there's a certain group of people who can be very disciplined and a lot of parents were intentional and it's, it can be done very well. I mean, that's why there's all these like homeschool programs that they have. And yeah, so that way you're not just kind of doing everything just out of thin air but there's actually still programs and protocols to still follow yeah there's lots of i know she's got whatever program that she's fell in love with and has kind of been following for a while and it's also cool because it's become more more popular so obviously like there's different like cohorts and things in the area mm -hmm. like there's multiple around us so um we haven't joined any yet but you know she talked about joining some you know because then they do field nice. trips and you know they they do field trips or they have some people that you know, like, hey, go check out what this guy does for a living. And like one of the dads of, of, the, of the other kids gets to show everybody like his cool, you know, oil field equipment or, you know, awesome. just kind of, you know, all that cool stuff, too. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something, you know, our kids are still pretty young. But as they get older, I'm looking forward to, you know, connecting more and more with those other people like that. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be lots of good relationships to come from there as well. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I know my mom's side, a lot of those kids were like a lot of my cousins were homeschooled yeah so it's definitely popular and that's what they did they just all worked together i mean as a community as a team i know all of us talk about that all the time like find your tribe find your team and find people who will understand you yeah so as we kind of wrap things up a little bit what's some like a piece of advice that you would want to leave with someone today um i would say i think kind of just looking back on what we talked about is find your values and live for those. Um, 
you know, as you said, like um, you mentioned, like how we do things that are, you know, they're intentional. Mm -hmm. um, and that comes back to having those values and making sure what we're doing is intentional towards working towards those values and, and, you know, keeping that in mind when you go to make an important decision or when you just, you know, set up your everyday life, right? Like, don't just, don't just kind of coast along, but do things with intention. So like when you wake up in the morning, don't just, don't just sit there, turn the news on and just let your mind go numb, grab a book, read a book, you know, read the Bible, go for a walk, just be intentional with everything you do. I love it. Intentionality changes lives, makes a huge impact. And so how can, if someone wants to do coaching services, how would they, would they just DM you on Twitter or like do you have a website? Uh, yep. So probably the easiest way would just be to DM me on Twitter. Um, I've got a link tree in there if you want. Um, it'll just lead you. You can schedule a 30 minute consult call. And that's just for me to kind of get to know you better, you to get to know me better and see if we're a good fit for each other. Um, but otherwise Twitter, yeah, Twitter DMs are the best way to reach. Okay, and that'll be all in the description below, so you don't have to go far. You just have to click on the link below, and now we can get in touch with Adam because he is a man of action. I mean, this guy is nothing but action. All the intentionality between his fitness, his strongman competition he's getting ready for, his marriage. This guy's at the forefront of being a huge leader and just a huge role model. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach.